0: I take the stairs even slower. The brown box waits, centered on the table like a pot roast. The cop who dropped it off today said it holds mom and dad's personals, whatever that means. We'd agreed to leave it be until morning. I'm not supposed to be here, but I need to see. My heartbeat thrums in my ears. I lift the lid, half expecting something to jump out at me. A smell rises. Lilac perfume. The smell of mom. And something worse. An iron tang that reminds me of the way the air hangs heavy around the Bratton slaughterhouse. I take a moment to think about that one and try to keep my heart from clawing out of my chest. The box is mostly empty. Just a few items are nestled in the bottom. Dad's Timex. I pick it up. The face is cracked. The time frozen at 1047. The minute my life changed forever. My lips are quivering and I think about how Patrick's lips would never quiver. Not in a million years. I set the watch down. Thanks, Dad, for drinking that extra martini. I hope it was worth it. Something black in the corner of the box catches my eye. It's soft to the touch. I lift it to the dim light. It's Mom's fancy clutch purse. The outside is stiff and stained, reeking of lilac from when her perfume bottle cracked open. I think about the force of a munibus hitting a perfume bottle. And then I think about it hitting other stuff. I gather my courage and unsnap the purse. I tilt it to look inside. A trickle pours out, like tiny diamonds, no, glass. At first, I think they're shards from the perfume bottle, but there are too many of them. As they brush my fingers, I feel that they're not sharp, not sharp at all. And I realize that they're pebbled glass from the shattered windshield. They tumble onto a spot of moonlight at my feet and I see that they're tinted crimson. Somehow this brings it all home. I am a six-year-old kid without a mom or a dad. This is who I am now. I am alone here in the kitchen, holding the last relics of my parents. I am alone in the world. Even inside myself, I am alone. A tiny, spotlit figure in a giant, Dark warehouse. My face twists. My cheeks are wet. My shoulders shudder. I don't realize I'm crying until I hear Patrick's feet thumping the stairs behind me, and then I'm turning around and he's hugging me, and I hear his voice in my ear. I got it from here, little brother. My face presses into his arm, and I cry and cry and think I'll never stop. And he knows not to say anything else. I feel like I'm coming apart, my insides gone jagged, shattered into as many pieces as there are bits of glass at my feet. It's not just the worst I've ever felt. It's the worst anyone has ever felt. Until nine years later, when it would feel like a Sunday stroll through Town Square. Light steeped in around the edges of darkness, like morning peeking around curtains. But there were no curtains. Rings of fire ignited my wrists. My ankles screamed. Were they tied? A crunching sound scraped my eardrums at intervals. The woods came into focus. Only problem was they were upside down. Blinking, I sourced the crunching sounds. Sleek black boots walking in concert. Packing down dead leaves. Drones. Alien life forms wrapped head to toe in flexible black armor. Their suits were human-shaped, as seamless as if they'd been poured on. You couldn't see anything beneath them. Each one was as airtight as an astronaut's suit, right down to the polished helmet. Which made sense, since the things that inhabited the suits, the harvesters, seemed to exist in gas form. Fighting through my fear, I tried to find my bearings.